Hello and welcome to the Comics Pals Review Special. I am joined by Tyler. Oh, hi. Yes, yeah, this is the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hello. hello. Yep. <laughs> uh, some would say the Robin to my Batman. Here to discuss the Batman today. This is the movie we've all been waiting for. Well, most of us have been waiting for. Uh, we waited. We've been waiting since before COVID for this film. It was. It's five years in the making. It finally dropped. And Tyler and I are here to discuss it. Yes, Tyler, it is five it's five years since five ba- uh, Battinson was announced, or yeah, or five years well, since the Batman was announced by Matt Reeves. Yeah, five years okay. since Matt Reeves began working on this project. Okay, um, and of course, COVID was a factor. Like we were supposed to get this movie in twenty twenty. So um, I don't I don't know anything about time no more. Like it just doesn't <laughs> exist in my brain. It's not a concept I fully understand anymore. It's yeah, that's fine. Well, I do want to say before we dive into this review, which, by the way, is going to be full spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, you do not want to listen to this conversation. Uh, How you can find us otherwise, The Comics Pals is normally a podcast that features four people who love comics and comic movies talking about them every single week. We go live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash The Comics Pals every single Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern to talk comics, movies, all that jazz. And Wednesdays for our comic book review show, Pals Pulls, Wednesdays at 6 on Twitch. Check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash thecomicspals. Leave us a subscribe if you'd be so inclined. Like the video, share it with your friends. All that stuff's free to do, and uh, it helps us out a lot more than it costs you. So, without further ado, let's talk about the Batman. We have a game we play. Unfortunately, no one else is here. (laughs) I'm going to be the winner. Yeah, only you can play. But do you know the Rotten Tomatoes uh, score? I so admittedly, I looked at it, and also admittedly, I don't remember. All right, fair enough. I, I think I know the ballpark, um, but yeah. So we always play this game with these movies where we we see who can guess closest without going over the Rotten Tomatoes uh, tomato meter score, which is the critic score and the audience score. So Tyler, go right ahead. So I don't know the audience score at all. That I don't okay. know. Um, but I think the tomato meter is, I want to say 83. Okay. Uh, well, is that, guess, that's your final answer? 83 for critics. Yeah. For audience, I'm going to guess 92. Okay. Well, uh, the tomato meter scores 85. So you were pretty in the ballpark okay. on that. And then one over on the audience scores 91. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. so pretty right. close. Um, let's not, talk not about a game with the one person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, normally, we would do a, a, a spoiler-free section, but I don't feel like doing that. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know what you're getting into. Yeah, you know whether you want to see this or not, and you're here to hear us talk about what we thought about the movie as a whole. So we're just going to get right into it. Uh, this is our first at-bat with Robert Pattinson as Batman, of course. Um <laughs> what at bat really uh <laughs> it's funny because uh, you do wordplay without realizing it and i realize it, it yeah like, really that, dude it, <laughs> that happens literally all the time um so yeah we have robert pattinson as batman zoe kravitz played selena kyle we got jeffrey wright who you will probably know from westworld um, Westworld. yeah or boardwalk empire who played uh jim gordon colin farrell played the penguin 
which is we're going to talk about that. That shit's crazy. Um, and Paul Dano played the Riddler. That's that's essentially the like main main cast. And of course, uh, Andy Serkis played Alfred and uh, John Turturro played Carmine Falcone. I want to start with Bruce, because in a three hour movie to have one character essentially be the anchor, that's a lot of pressure to put on that character, that actor. Robert Pattinson was the big question mark coming into this movie. Could he pull it off? Is he Batman? How do you feel? Did he do it? First of all, I'd say the big question mark would be the Riddler. Um, oh. <laughs> but uh, so uh, how do I synthesize my feelings on Robert Pattinson in this? I'll, I'll be honest. Off the bat for the whole movie, I'm a little conflicted. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. Okay. Uh, I, have, I have thoughts that I don't think I fully put together in my head so i'm hoping this discussion will actually help me with that because yeah it's one of the movies one of the first movies in a while where like i'm I'm still not fully sure how i feel about it i'm Um, in the same boat to a degree um but pattinson um super emo (laughs) like (laughs) like i know that's gonna be like the the meme people keep keep mentioning but like yeah this is a very cerebral take on bruce wayne um it's very it is non-traditional from what we're used to like we're used to getting you know both sides of the coin with bruce wayne we got you got the bruce and we got the batman you know and if there was if two faces in the movie that would be a pun but it's not right yeah um, <laughs> but like this is literally this is a a bruce who's committed himself to being batman where where you know i think you know riddler makes a, a mention of it here where bruce is the mask this is who bruce really is it's batman right and pattinson really kind of embodies that where he's not talkative at all he's very to the point he's very singular in his mission um where the only real look we get into him in terms of like his thought process and who he is as a person is in these like weird narrations that we get that's him i guess narrating his detective notes yeah um, which is a real good play on you know the old detective movie trope um which i think is really good um I think this is one of the more comic accurate Batmans we've ever gotten in a way, or or at least the the type of Batman comics that I, I enjoy. Um, I think Pattinson was a great Batman. I don't think he was a good Bruce Wayne. Hmm. Um, If that, if that makes sense. So I have a lot of thoughts about this movie. Like you said, complicated thoughts. Um, And, and, you know, we probably should upfront say like, you know, kind of like, big picture our feelings about the film sure um so i I guess i'll i'll say um i loved this movie i thought this movie was brilliant i thought that it achieved things that other batman movies before have tried to achieve and failed at um and even if they succeeded i think this movie did it better in some instances and more concise even though it was three hours um (laughs) and i have examples of that but i'll get into them later if, well, I'll, get, I'll give you one right now. I think that this movie does what Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy was trying to do and I think succeeded at over the course of three movies. I think this movie accomplished it in one. Um, yeah, that's fair. So I also think all the acting was phenomenal. I think this was the best version of Gotham that we've ever seen that feels the closest to the comics. I think they did a tremendous job of making Gotham feel dark and real it feels like the video game arkham like yes. like the arkham first games like they yeah. felt like that gotham which that is one of the most 
iconic Gotham's I think out there. So not a place you want to be. Um, and I think that this movie shows how Bruce goes from being a spirit of vengeance almost to a symbol of hope, um, which is, you know, like I didn't want another trilogy that was about Batman overcoming his trauma about the death of his parents. You know, we did that. Nolan did that. This movie said, okay, that is real. We'll do that in the first movie and then we'll get on to other things. And I'm really appreciative of that. Um, I think the action was great. Every action scene was cool. Um, and I never felt the link. I could have sat there for another hour. That's just how I am. Um, but I, I enjoyed every single second. So for me, I would say about 90 minutes into this movie, I did not like it. Wow. I thought it was going, it was kind of just going beat after beat after beat. And it was a little, um, like the trailers made me feel like this would be a very visceral Batman. It's very, you know, punchy. Like the, the, the sound effects where he's fighting those like Joker kids or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and you hear like the bones crunching. Like I thought that would be the movie in its in its whole. That was I thought that would be like a, a sliver of what the movie would really be. But it, it's much slower than that. But then about 90 minutes in, I realized these guys are being super unapologetic about their source material. Whereas mm. every other Batman movie tried to reinvent it or kind of brush it under the rug about what it really was. Where this like Penguin's called Penguin. Riddler yeah. call is called Riddler. They don't poke fun at what they are. Um, they just are. They just are. Yeah, exactly. And it felt as close to the animated series that I've felt in a while. And then I think once that clicked in my head, I really started to enjoy it. Um, and I think I enjoyed it as just a noir detective movie. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan. Like one of my favorite movies is Seven. And this movie has strong Dude. Seven vibes, almost to a fault about how seventy it is. In terms of its structure, um, but yeah, that, that's like if that's something that influenced it, it, it is very evident. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely wears its influences on its sleeve, yeah. even beyond comics, like you said. Um, which I love, I love that about the movie because its DNA and pedigree is rooted in things that I like, like you said. Mm -hmm. So, of course, that's that's going to be fantastic. You know, one of the things that I always hate on is when these movies kind of like shy away from that stuff. It's like, no, lean in. Let's do it. Yeah. And like, I know this is controversial, but that's one of the reasons why I like the Schumacher Batman movies, because it, they lean in as they lean in very hard where they almost fall over because they're leaning so much. Yeah. Um, but we're like the Nolan ones and especially Batfleck almost seemed ashamed of the source and like, I'm going to make it realistic and, you know, the actual source be damned. It's going to be as human and realistic as that source material can be without being goofy. This movie is goofy at points. It is over the top yeah. at points, yeah. especially the Riddler stuff. Um, and I, I, I liked how unapologetic it was at that, um, uh, which is, totally. it wasn't what I was expecting at all. Um, and, and because, you know, Pattinson plays a much more cerebral and internal Batman. Um, it lends itself to the detective aspect of it. Uh, Jeffrey Wright is a great support. Like, it's almost like a co-star in a way. Yeah, um, yeah. Because in a way, it is a buddy cop at some yes. point. Yes. A good half of the movie is a buddy cop movie, um, which even Penguin makes a, a joke about. He's like, what is this, a good cop, bat cop? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's some good zingers in this movie. I got to say there's there some, really are and yeah. they come out of nowhere too. And I'm like, Oh, okay. 
there's humor in here. That's that's good. Yeah. Um, speaking of, of Bruce, I, I want to, you know, jump back into that. Um, this is a Bruce who is brooding, who is deeply in pain about what happened to his parents. And I wasn't sure to what degree this movie was going to tackle that stuff. Um, but they go there. You know, you can tell from the trailers that obviously, like, he's beating the shit out of his, uh, you know, like, his enemies and stuff. And so we we know that. We know he's angry. I didn't realize they were going to kind of unpack that stuff. This movie opens on a scene where you're watching a child playing with a sword and stabbing, fake stabbing his father or whatever in a mansion and someone's watching and my thought was oh my god they're changing his origin already to where the murder happens in the house to where his parents are killed in the house right and then i realize obviously when when they want you to realize that no this is not that you're watching someone else have their you're watching another child's parents die so they don't show you bruce's literal origin but they do through this character through this child which was absolutely brilliant and yeah they they mention you know the parents getting you know killed it's kind of one of the major plot points of of the movie um but they don't they don't show it and i'm glad we're at that point where like we're just done showing that shit yeah like i think the last time was justice league or uh batman vs superman is when the last time we saw it it's like it is in the public consciousness. We don't need that anymore. Spider-Man proved it. We didn't need to see it with, with Spider-Man and, and Uncle Ben again. It wasn't Joker, ways... to be fair. Uh, fair, fair. But I think that was used to then... I, I don't think that was necessary at all. Um, no. <laughs> it really wasn't. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, I got a question for you, actually. So, if this movie... It's 20 years since Bruce's parents were killed, right? And it starts in, in October. So, let's say it starts October 2021. 20 years ago, what did you do in 2001? What movie do you think they were seeing in theaters at that point? I have That's a answer. great question. I, I don't know. There's um, only one answer. What is it? Bruce's parents got killed after they all went to a family screening of Shrek. <laughs> what? <laughs> the only answer. No, dude. First of all, they weren't at the movies. They were at a play. It was 2001. They were seeing Shrek. Everyone saw Shrek in 2001. That's the only way we got through 9-11. Let's be real. <laughs> no, we got through 9-11 through Spider-Man, okay? <laughs> um, and some, some Nickelback <laughs> music. In <laughs> <laughs> the second Absolutely. one, they're like, we're going to one-up Nickelback with Dashboard Confessional. Um, Yo, that Dashboard We'll, we'll get to music in this movie, though. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, yeah, absolutely. This, yeah. Um, but, like, the journal stuff you mentioned, that's very year one. Like, that's all, that's mm-hmm. all in year one. Um, and I like that. I like the fact that the movie was comfortable with letting us live in Bruce's head in that way. Um, and so that it didn't require him to constantly always be speaking to someone else. You could have those scenes where he's by himself and brooding and sitting at the computer, you know, taking off his clothes and we can get in inside of what that must feel like to just have come from beating the shit out of some criminals, but also taking your licks too. This is not a perfect Batman by any means. He gets his ass kicked. He sucks. Yeah, he, he's good enough <laughs> to beat up regular people, but he sucks. And I think, and that's where it's tricky, the way Pattinson acts in this, because a lot of the character moments are not stated. 
It's yeah. between the lines. It's body language. It's the way he looks at people. It's the way he responds to people or acts towards people. It's it's very understated in the way he, he has to pull. And I think he ultimately pulls it off. Yeah. Um, I think some of the dialogue is a little hokey in it, especially the uh, the Catwoman, Bat- Batman dynamic. Um, I thought some of the interpersonal stuff was like, oh, now Batman can make jokes when a beautiful woman's there. But I guess maybe that's the point of Bruce Wayne. That Yeah, I could I could see that. Uh, I definitely felt what you're saying about the, the dialogue at certain points. Um, yeah, you know, it wasn't perfect. And that's okay because, like, I, when I look back on the Nolan movies, I think every single one of them has several lines of dialogue that I remember now that are just like, yo, this is not good. Yeah. <laughs> but the movies yeah. overall are, you know, are fantastic. Um, so, but yeah, in space is definitely. Yeah. I think even the bad dialogue though, I'm like, it seems purposeful that it's bad. Right. Like there, there, there is a, a strange level of campiness that is in this throughout of like an undertone of like, we know this is stupid, you know, that is, yeah. it is, it is just there. It's just there. And I think that's something Matt Reeves would do purposefully because that's Batman. Honestly, like I think at his core, Batman, a little fucking stupid, but like enough so that you can hide it over all this great stuff. Well, and, and that's a, that's a great lead into kind of what, you know, getting into the mystery of the movie and stuff like that. Um, when we first, see batman and jim gordon you know jim is walking batman into this crime scene and there's this long hallway shot that we've all seen and all these police are watching batman walk into this crime scene and it's almost as if they're dressing him down you're watching police who are wearing a costume as well just like batman but they're official we respect police we you know some of us do um and we understand that you know they're real. They're they're an authority. Batman is wearing a costume too, but he's a joke. They they openly to his face call him a freak, a weirdo, all this kind of stuff. They're not afraid of doing that, and that's something that you would never really see anywhere else. You know, like they really dress Batman down. And also, all the, all the other Batman movies, he just shows up in the shadows. He's very right present in this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, in terms of, like, the villains all, like, oh, he could be lurking in the shadows at any point, you know. There's that always that great. fear there. Um, but in terms of his relationship with the GCPD, it's very, like, it's contentious, which in the comics it really was. Like, year one, the main crux of the story is the main villain is the GCPD yeah. in that book, honestly. Um, but seeing that relationship grow in this was very interesting because they have a full arc, that relationship between the two. Yeah. Um, and it's in that, that scene you mentioned where he's almost doing like a reverse perp walk or it's him being entered into the GCP as opposed to them taking him out, um, which is what we usually see in, in film. Um, and at the same time, Gordon's kind of an up and coming, you know, he's a lieutenant. Uh, yeah. He's a lieutenant, but he's not commissioner yet in this. Yeah. So he still has people to report to. So he's, they still question him. Um, yeah, no, that's the dynamic that I, I, I did enjoy about the movie a lot. And even the way that Jim speaks to Batman is very casual. He says like, mm-hmm. hey, man, we got to get out of here. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a, there's a casualness even in the way that he is spoken to where the people who talk to Batman do not fear him. 
They don't, they're not afraid of him. They're not afraid to say what they think to him. He hasn't built that sort of like legacy of fear yet. And by the end of the movie, not to skip ahead too much, but like you kind of gather that that's not what he wants anymore, which is really interesting change of pace for a character whose origin is rooted in wanting to scare people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to like the whole yeah. ending of the movie and what that that symbolizes, which I thought was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, although a little on the nose, but really good. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think it's funny. Uh, Je- yeah, go ahead. I was going to say Jeffrey Wright, one of the best voices in, in Hollywood right now. I love Jeffrey Ooh. Wright. He's fantastic. He kills it in everything he's in. Um, and it, it, it's really nice to see a super competent Jim Gordon. Yeah. Super competent, a part of the movie, uh, as much as like, let's just say like Catwoman, right? Um, more so. Yeah, more so. But the one criticism that I did have of the Jim Gordon character is that we didn't see his family. And I really, really was hoping they'd find some time in three hours to show, you know, his personal life a little bit. What's his skin in the game? He's a good cop, but why, you know? Um, what's he fighting for? Um, I think that was purposeful because his whole thing is like he's the good cop. Like Batman yeah. says it towards the end. He's like, you're a good cop, Jim. Um, and I think that's really all we needed for now is like he is the opposite. He's the foil to the rest of the cops in the movie. Yeah. Um, which is one of the main driving forces throughout it. Um, and his realization, although like, Everyone being corrupt and Jim's like, oh, what? He's corrupt too? It's like, <laughs> you're not that, you're a good cop, maybe not a good detective, but. <laughs> um, right. And there were a couple like detective points in this where like, even I was like, I could have called that. Like, why are you guys surprised? Um, but yeah, no, I thought, I thought Gordon was fun in this. Yeah. Gordon, Gordon was awesome. Their relationship was fun. I think, um, you know, the first time we really saw Gordon matter in a movie was, of course, uh, in Batman Begins, The Dark Knight and, you know, Nolan stuff. And I think that this movie actually took their relationship to another level um, because they were on even ground. They are the heroes of Gotham. Mm-hmm. And in that, they're the same. And year one sort of presents them in a similar light where it's like, you know, we're just we're doing this because this is what is needed. This is what is needed for Gotham. And I think about the scene where they're at the GCPD and Jim is actually the one who like first pu- I think he punches Batman in the stomach or something like yeah, that or pushes yeah. him. Yep. And, you know, like it's like, whoa, you know, who would ever wh- when else would you ever see something like that? Um, which was a phenomenal scene, by the way, one of the best I thought in the movie. I thought they were going to do a play on, like, uh, we're going to have another echo back to the Ledger Batman interrogation scene, maybe reverse the roles. But, like, no, they didn't do that, which I was happy about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, their their relationship was fantastic all throughout. Uh, I want to talk about Catwoman now because, you know, she was in the movie way, way more than I thought she would be. Not really. I thought the opposite. Yeah? I thought she was in it a lot less than I thought she would be. Wow. Okay. Speak to that. I think in terms of the advertising, this felt like it would be the Batman Catwoman movie. You know, mm. um, I think there are large swaths of this movie where she just disappears. Yeah. Um, which typical Catwoman, sure. Um, but when you have like Zoe Kravitz, I thought she would be more present throughout it. 
Um, I think she does a very good job. Um, mm. I like that they don't need to explain her at all. Like, sure, you don't need to explain Batman. It's understood. But, like, you might need to explain Catwoman. She's not been in much, and she's had wildly different depictions. Um, well, I, I think what was cool about the way that... So, it's important to say this, right? This is a year two Batman. Very, very yeah. much so. That changes the dynamics of almost everything. Because it's a Batman who's been around for two years. It's a Batman who has encountered a lot of people. But more importantly than that, this is a Batman who has inspired already. What he inspires is part of the story. So we learn that Paul Dano's Riddler is actually inspired by Batman. You can infer that uh, Selena Kyle puts on the cat suit because of Batman, just like in year one. Um, and I love that they kept that element and that DNA. And so... Catwoman may not be in the movie as much as Jim and Bruce, but she has an agenda that's separate from theirs. So when she's on her adventures, it's almost like her movie. You know, she kind of takes it over, which is pretty uh, cool. Miniseries coming to HBO Max soon. <laughs> I'd watch. Listen, bro. Same, I'd watch same. anything Zoe Kravitz is in. There's. She said that she had to for, to get ready for this movie. She drank milk like a cat. And I'm trying to see where, you know, is that video going to be anywhere? No, you're lactose intolerant, my dude. It's two things you can't get now. (laughs) (laughs) Moving right along. And I'm not lactose intolerant. Um, Yeah, I I appreciated. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciated her a lot in this movie. Um, She felt like an actor. And when I say that, I mean that in the sense of she actually had an agenda. She had a goal. She had desires that she drove you know it wasn't her tagging along with batman like jim she was the driver sometimes batman had to follow her lead and i appreciated that a lot especially in terms of the female character she's not based solely on batman's agenda she's doing her own thing she has relationships outside of that you know Honestly, their relationship does not really grow that far in this. It's it's almost like teased. It's like we almost get there. We get we get bat blue balls a bit. We like almost get there and then they drop it, you know. Right. For the movie. But again, that's I mean, there there are some deep, heavy allusions to Tom King's Batman Catwoman dynamic. They even said bat and cat. She yep, says bat and cat. That has a nice ring to it, something like that. Yeah, and then the part where she's like, uh, I have a thing for strays, literally in one of his issues. Yep. Um, yep. Just, Which it's it's funny how like that that's what we get in this. Like I agree, it's very good stuff. Read that Tom King stuff; it's good. Um, but like seeing that allusion to it, I think um, it was nice how physical and competent she was. You know, yeah. like she didn't need to have a mental break like you know Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman to be as physical as she was. She didn't need to have mystical powers like Halle Berry's. Right? Isn't that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Um, she is just like, we don't even need a backstory of how she learned all this. She just can do it. She is self-sufficient, um, which in a way is like those cats that she has that she just lets in an abandoned, beat up apartment after a while. <laughs> my, my wife was like, she doesn't take care of those cats. I'm like, the cats, they, can, they can handle it. They got Word. it. Well, it's worth pointing out that they don't show how anyone can do it. They, there's there are no yeah. origins in this movie at all, which I loved. I loved yeah. how you do. You, they just are. You know, this movie is, Dark Side is, but also this movie is. Um, 
which I appreciated. It's it was I, it, it was bare bones in a way. It's like this is how it is. Deal with it. I'm notorious about not really loving origin movies. I feel like they're sort of played out, and you often can't get to the meat. And this Eternals. movie said, "Yeah, let's say screw all of that and get into it." You know, like let's let's talk a little bit about um, Riddler because Ooh. Riddler is you know the very much the forward facing antagonist. There are other villains, but Riddler is the main guy, and there's so much to unpack with this character, dude. Like, first of all, you know when you talk about the lack of origins, we know why he's doing what he's doing. But we don't know how he can. You know what Apparently I mean? Four chan. Like, that's how he, <laughs> he comes right. about. Yeah. This is this Riddler is the manifestation of like internet trolls and people who just have a lot of time on their hands and the ability to uncover information through paying a lot of attention to things on the internet and crowdsourcing knowledge and yeah. white nationalism. Did they get to that? that part in this Did they, so I, I didn't i wasn't reading that outside of okay. him being white so you know how uh, i think i'm seeing it now yeah at the yeah. end of the movie we see yeah. that he has this like social media network of people who end up come some of some of, of them end up coming and shooting up you know garden square uh gotham square garden <laughs> i thought that was stupid i gotta say <laughs> i agree and i and i will talk about that yeah um, um but yeah, to me, that was representative of like, you know, radicalized white men who are tired of being in their minds marginalized and taking the power in their own hands. I was reading it as like an incel sort of thing, just that's, toxic masculinity in general. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't really seeing the 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 race aspect of it, but it could be I, inherent. I bake in it all in. Yeah. <laughs> to me, they're part and parcel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is obviously not the Riddler, not any Riddler we've ever seen. How did you feel about that? I will go on record to say that Paul Dana was the best supporting actor of all time. <laughs> that's, I mean, that I mean that's a compliment for some reason. It's just it's, funny to me. It's no, it's a total compliment. Like, yeah. like his, his roles, even young as little Miss sunshine or uh, there will be blood. Like he's anything he's in and he's not in a lot. He's very selective, which is why when this was announced, I was like, Oh, this is interesting. Mm. Um, but whenever he's in something, I'm like, man, this fucking guy can just kill it. And he's, never normal in anything either he's always a little off and like this ratchet is that ratchets that up to the you know 11 um this is uh almost uh strangely the most comic accurate riddler i can think of uh like i love jim carrey's riddler um batman 66 riddler fantastic but there's some, like this is edward nigma in my mind this guy that creates death traps like the idea of a batman death trap we haven't seen since the schumacher era things true this is that by way of saw but it is like death traps in a way um and the fact that there's this he constantly has this riddle going on and even by the end of it like he still outsmarts batman like he essentially wins in this um yeah which, which i like because if there's one person that is smarter than bruce wayne it's edward Dickman, and it always has been he accomplished literally every goal he had. The yep. only thing that didn't work out for him is that he thought Batman was down 
for all of this. He, he, like I mentioned earlier, yep, he was inspired he... by Batman. He thought they were on the same side. And so those messages for Batman, when you're watching the movie, you're going, okay, so he's playing a game with Batman involving him for some reason. But by the end, you realize, actually, he thought they were working together, which is crazy. I actually ended up feeling bad for him because I was like, oh, he's ill. He And that's why Paul Dano is so fucking good in this. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's ill. He's 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 nuts. And Batman's villains are they they are for the most part. Like you could make an argument for like Poison Ivy, not necessarily or Two-Face, but like by and large, these are people who have extraordinary situations, but they're very in a very ordinary way. They need help. And true, true American hero Batman beating up the poor, disenfranchised, and <laughs> mentally ill, as he's as he's known for. Um, <laughs> one thing that surprised me about this version of the Riddler was his physicality, and the the like very visceral, primal way that he that he kills people. Um, in the beginning of the movie, we see him, you know, kill that uh, the mayor. I think it was the mayor. Yeah. Um, yeah. and he just. Hits him over the head with something. Dude, that scream but he gives too. It was like, the scream that did I was it for like, oh, me. Oh, what? Oh, that scream was more violent than what he did. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And so Paul Dano was able to find that violence inside of himself and bring it to life in a way that I have never seen from a from a, a comic book villain. Yeah, it it is disgustingly creepy. Yeah. You know, in a way, he seemed more unhinged than Ledger's Joker. Yes, I was going to say like, that. Ledger's, Ledger's Joker is calculated, even though he's chaotic. Um, this guy's calculated, but it's insane. It's insanity, really. So I said this to my girlfriend, and she didn't really buy it. But I feel like the Joker from The Dark Knight is not crazy. And the Riddler from The Batman is. And the reason why I sure. feel that way is that even though both of them have plans and agendas and stuff like that, there's clearly something behind what the Joker's doing that's rooted in a lot of logic and planning and reason and all of that other stuff. Whereas we see, again, ultimately, this version of the Riddler is a very broken person who genuinely just needs help but has the power because of his willingness to do anything to accomplish his goals and his ability just to be unseen the fact like that's his driving force but it's also the reason why he can do all of this he doesn't stand out yeah 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 um i think that there was a lot of care and thought that was put into this riddler character that makes him one of the best villains i've ever seen oh it's it's I, i think he was the high point for me in this movie Outside of the yeah. score, I really like the score of this movie. Talk um, about it. So I'm a big Michael Giacchino fan. Yeah. Um, he did the score for The Incredibles, which is a fantastic movie score. He also did like, okay, Disney adult here. He did the score for uh, Disneyland Space Mountain. Like he does that as well. Um, I, I listen to a lot of his, his stuff. Um, but once I heard he was doing Batman, I'm like, oh, that's a fucking, that's a task. Um, yeah. Especially yep. with Burton's stuff, you know, like. It always comes back to that. And he somehow makes, he, he does echo that a bit, but he makes it his own. It's it's very uh, adept at how he manages to do that. Like, like yes, it's weird. It has Batman sound, but it's not the Burton stuff. Does that make sure. sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then 
I'm a Nirvana nerd here. Uh, having Nirvana play is a great, and that's the only actual song that's in it. Yeah, there are some operatic things and choir yeah. singing and stuff, but in terms of like a well-known on the radio song, it's the only one we get, and it's echoed twice in the movie, in the beginning and the end. Um, it's great. I loved the use of something in the way in the trailers. And I had no expectations at all that it would be in the movie. So when it played and it played that early and they used it to kind of like anchor the montage scene um, earlier in yep. the film, I was so happy. That was so cool. Um, I know Michael from Lost because he did some of the stuff mm. from Lost, some of the uh, some of the music there. And I thought that this score was great. But I will say this. When I first heard it, I did not like it. I, I listened to it ahead of the movie. And I was like, wait, the whole this doesn't... soundtrack. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was, up, it was up on, you know, YouTube and all that stuff. Sure. I yeah. was like, wait, this doesn't really add up to me. I don't get how this doesn't feel right tonally. But when I saw the movie and I understood that this is actually a movie about hope, then I got it. Yep. Cause it's the most hopeful um, Batman score we've ever had. It's almost like a reverse version of the Tim Burton theme. Sure. Like the way the score it goes upwards, right? If if I'm remembering that correctly, in terms of the the tone and it becomes hopeful in the way it is where Burton's is like just dark the entire time and it just right. weighs in on the heavy in the in, in the Yeah. Um it's, it's good stuff. You wanna talk about some uh some Colin Farrell? <laughs> D- that, yeah, that's exactly yeah. where I wanted to go. Dude as much as I loved the Riddler, and I think the Riddler is easily one of the best villains in a movie, um, I think you have to add Penguin to that conversation. Because first of all, from a from an acting and a, and a prosthetics perspective, a makeup perspective, how the hell did they pull that off? He doesn't makeup. look like Colin Farrell at all. Not I'm, even close. I'm more surprised that Colin Farrell, very handsome motherfucker was willing to put this much ugly makeup on for a huge Batman movie. Like, typically, handsome actors don't want to do that. They want to be able to see, the, show off their handsome good looks. This dude went full into it. And he's I like, read an interview where he said that he was he was excited about the prospect of being able to be fully engulfed. And sure. that when he saw himself, he said he went to Starbucks and that people were, like, kind of weirded out. And he said that that's when he knew that it worked because he, wa- he didn't want any Colin Farrell to come through at all. It doesn't. All at all and it's funny i got the trailer to that new baz lerman elvis movie before this and i saw tom hanks and that prosthetic and it's like oh it's not good and this happens i'm like oh this is fantastic you know um makeup work um and the penguin in my mind is always the lieutenant villain you know he's never the main villain but he's always a driving force that kind of gets the plot going he's always looming in the background and they use him perfectly in this that's always how i think he should be totally yeah um, I think that this was very much an underboss penguin, not mm-hmm. a boss boss. Um, the fact that they had Falcone in the movie helped because it, it it allowed penguin to be a threat and to be you know what he is. But there was someone over him who mattered more. Um, penguin in this movie is not like what I would have expected at all. It's not how I think of penguin in terms of the way he spoke or anything like that <laughs> for for you yeah I, I got italian mob i mean that, that's kind of what he's been doing in this but like i was getting like he's getting like a new york italian accent that yeah that's what he did but i never thought of penguin that way I oh guess. I don't no know me neither me neither okay. I, I, okay. I got danny devito 
like right. walk, 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 walk kind of uh, yeah. real cheesy stuff. Like that's how I view Penguin traditionally. Exactly. And so, yeah. but in this movie, he was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was physically confident. He didn't flinch at Batman at all. Not even, not at any moment. He was always like, okay, so what? <laughs> you know, you know, like. Um, when Batman breaks his head into some glass. Like, okay, maybe the, the car chase scene. He is a little, a little freaked out there, but admittedly so. I, I think so. But even then, like, which one of my favorite scenes, we got to talk about that car chase. That was fantastic. Um, but when he's, this is one of my favorite moments in the whole movie where he's, where he, he thinks he's got Batman and he's like, I got you. And he's so hyped that he feels like he beat the Batman. I, oh man, we saw it in the trailer. I popped huge, even in the theater for it. It was amazing. The and then the shot that Batmobile though, it's fucked after that. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. The shot of Batman walking towards him. That's the upside down camera angle. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, dude! Some of the cinematography in this was brilliant. Yeah, in terms of cinematography, there's there's a persistent shot they used a lot, specifically during the Riddler stuff, where it's like you're not looking through a peephole, but you're looking around a corner of something. It's mm-hmm. like it's a creepy, or, or it's only focused on. It's almost what I would imagine a vertical, a left hand vertical panel would be in a comic, if that makes sense. Yeah, yes. Um, where you only see this sliver of something, and it's used throughout it, where you're like you just. You're not really focused on the big picture, which mm. is a theme throughout this um, that I think they really play on in the, in the, the way it's shot. Even in the car chase, uh, the camera is often tethered to either Batman or Penguin's car. Um, so you yep. never see you don't often see the full scope of the chase. You see it from the perspective of the people who are involved in it. And that's very atypical for a car chase. Typically, they want to go as as wide and big picture as possible to get the scope of it. This felt like a smaller scale car chase. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And, and realistic, too. Absolutely. Um, I also wanted to say that, you know, with all these villains and characters, it all felt connected. And that's something that is certainly part and parcel of Gotham. But you don't always see that in the movies. Every character has some some connection to every other character in some some way, shape, or form. And that was so cool how the movie turned around everybody. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like the fact that Falcone had a relationship to Bruce was completely unexpected, but I loved it. Because Bruce in this movie has two, like like an angel on his side and a demon on his side. It's not that literal. And and I don't mean it to be that way, but like he's got Alfred, but he's also got Falcone. And that's almost representing two sides of his father. Bruce doesn't, Bruce thinks that his father is perfect. Alfred represents that. Then he learns he's not. And Falcone represents that. Sure. And then you realize that it's not really either one, which I loved. Yeah. It's a, it's the gray area in between. And that's where Batman kind of toes the line. So exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, we haven't mentioned Alfred at all. Uh, this was a more it's not really in it. <laughs> yeah, this is a more understated Alfred than we've ever really seen, I think. Um, but one of the most emotional, emotionally resonant moments does come through Alfred. First of all, I thought that they were going to kill Alfred off, and I was pissed. That scene where like the bomb explodes in his it's face, Tom King all over again. Yeah, I was pissed at that. Um, but then that doesn't happen. And when Bruce goes to the hospital to visit him and he said, you know, 
I never thought that I would feel that way again, but that was, that's my biggest fear is losing mm-hmm. someone I love. Dude, that got me. It's one because, of the few yeah. moments where we get Bruce outwardly expressing something or it's not yep. internal. And by the way, before this movie, what would you have said Bruce Wayne's biggest fear is? Uh, I mean, I guess the death of his family, you know, his bat family. Uh, sure. Yeah. Or, or his biggest fear is reliving his, the his death trauma. of his parents. Yeah. His okay. Trauma. I would, I would have said the, his biggest fear is failing to save Gotham in an ultimate way, like something happening that would, okay. that would destroy Gotham. But I don't think that either one is necessarily correct or whatever. I'm just, that's what I would have said, but this movie taps into what you said. Um, and I never thought about that. And that, that hurt, that crushed me. Like, damn, he's a child, you know, mm-hmm. he's afraid of reliving that trauma. This is the most traumatized version of Batman we have ever seen. Yeah. And that point is, is laid out clearly at the end of the movie where he's, he thinks that Catwoman is going to die and he pops that adrenaline and goes, Hey, I thought that, I thought that was venom for a second. I was like, Oh, what? That would have been crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, that was one of that was maybe my favorite scene, seeing him okay. lose it on that guy and having to be stopped. Um, my my favorite scene throughout the whole movie is the whole uh, Riddler at Arkham scene, like that was when he's great. talking like that that interaction between him and Bruce. I was like, oh, oh this is this is good. Yeah, it's the uh, um, it's the whole uh, Kevin Spacey and Seven in the middle of the road, you know, like what's mm-hmm. in the box sort of scene. You know, it's uh, it's great. And- and, and, you know, we talked about, like, complex feelings about the movie. And so when Riddler gives himself up, I was like, no, why? To the point where I had a theory I never talked about where um, I thought that the Riddler would have either a brother, a twin brother, or that there would be multiple Riddlers because um, I just didn't feel like one man could do everything that the Riddler was doing. And based on the trailers, they show him getting arrested. And I thought, okay, yeah, that'll happen. But there will still be a Riddler. I, um, yeah. My my thought was that he wouldn't be Edward Nigma. I thought he was going to be Tommy Elliott. And that would have been the oh, swerve. Because okay. the news reporter who Edward rats Elliott. on, they were Elliots. And yeah. the big hush goes on the screen for a second. I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing there. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was going to be the turn. It's like, oh, this is Kitty he grew up with this whole time, and he knows who Bruce is. Major um, Easter egg. Yeah, um, yeah. But so so I was like, eh, I don't love it if he's just one dude and he allowed himself to get arrested till I realized, oh, he won. It, it doesn't, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter anymore. He doesn't care about his own life. He only cares about accomplishing his goal, and he did every single thing he wanted to do. And in a weird way, that that harkens back to the comic books where, like, Riddler had goons in a realistic way. You know, like, every Batman villain's got a set of goons with them. And, like, once this movie introduced the Riddler goons, I'm like, yes, this is what I like, you know? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, like I said, like, once the movie started, like, we were, like, halfway through, I'm like, oh, I I get it now. I'm digging this. I like it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk more about uh, Falcone just a little bit. Because John Turturro being him was completely out of left field for me. I know him only from uh, Transformers, and so you, you I was ever like, watched Mr. Deeds or Big Lebowski. Yeah, uh, no. Oh, man, he's great. He's a great. Actor. Um, I couldn't believe how good he was in this role. Making Catwoman his daughter was, I thought, fantastic. 
it added a, again a connection between these characters that I really enjoyed. Um, and her desperation to kill him was I felt a lot for her in that moment. And then the fact that he was willing to kill her was crazy too. Mm-hmm. He was down to kill his daughter and he knew that. And then the fact that they even managed to get him the scratches underneath his eye from, yeah. from Catwoman. I was like, oh, that's a, it's a long Halloween thing reference, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was like, oh. Falco, like the crime bosses of Gotham are so under, I felt like have been so underused and outside of like the Gotham TV show, which right that is what it is. Um, but in terms of movies, I don't, they're underused because they're one of the biggest villains in the Batman. You know, if we ever do a ranking of Batman Rogues Gallery, I would probably like Falcone pretty high up, honestly. I love that dude. Um, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, um, no, but I like John Turturro a lot, too. Yeah, he killed it. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed every scene he was in. I do have to say, though, and this was one of the things that I didn't love. And it goes back to the Riddler Riddle stuff get the rat and bring him to the light was a message to bring him to a literal street lamp so that the Riddler could shoot him. A little contrived. I I think I did. I did have a problem with one of the riddles too, where like they were just naming anything with wings at one point. Right. (laughs) A rat with wings. It's a pigeon. Oh no, it's a penguin. Oh wait, no, it's a bat. It's a bat. It's a falcon. I'm like, you're just going to name things with wings now. Like world's greatest detectives really, which penguin kind of makes that joke. Like it's funny, yeah. like Penguin's the one that gets the riddle ultimately. Yeah. Um, but I, they kept repeating it like audibly, where I was like, oh, "Come on, guys." <laughs> and and I, I guess the idea there was like, you know, this is year two, and they're not perfect, and they get stuff wrong, and and there, there are a lot of things like that in the movie, like when Batman goes to jump off the like the balcony or whatever, and oh, he's like, parachute? "Oh shit, <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm gonna just parachute." And then that doesn't work out that well. That reminded me of like Spider Man. You wouldn't expect that in a Batman movie. I loved how vulnerable they allowed Batman to be. Yeah, but, yep. um, yeah, I think what you pointed out is just like, eh, this is a little bit too far. Got to um, put more stats into detective mode, honestly. But <laughs> word. Also, they repeated things a few times. Like in addition to what you pointed out, uh, Bruce slash Batman goes to the Iceberg Lounge three times, and they do the same bit three yeah. times. And it was I thought that was a little bit much. And everyone uses the term vengeance. Like, I've never yeah. said vengeance out loud outside. <laughs> like, it is not in my vocabulary. <laughs> Why would it be? <laughs> it might be in Matt's vocabulary, but it's not in my vocabulary. Right. Um, yeah. But, like, it's in everyone's vocabulary here, apparently. So. Yeah. Like, does he tell everyone he that that line? Did, did everyone hear that when he said, I'm vengeance? Did all of Gotham hear that? Because yeah, everyone knew it. Yeah. Um. But like small critiques like that are there, but I don't think in no way does that paint the picture of the movie. Not for me. Sure. Agreed. Yeah. I think, I think um, some of it was clouding my judgment throughout yeah. it where I was kind of like, Oh, there's a little thing here, a little thing there, a little thing here. Is that a equal a big thing? But at the end, I don't think so. I think at the end, it's a very good movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't I know if it's my favorite of all time, but it is, it is up. It is high up there for me. Favorite of all time as far as Batman. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm still waffling with that. Um, I need, because, need another watch. Yeah, exactly. I'm not ready to say like I did. I knew that the Dark Knight was my favorite Batman movie when it came out, but there wasn't like the competition wasn't that stiff in my in my eyes. At the time. <laughs> it's still not stiff since. <laughs> well, right, yeah. but like now that movie exists and sure. Rises exists, which for me is a classic. So 
I have to really think about this some more. But before we close out, I do want to talk about the end of the movie. Um, so the Garden Square Garden thing, which we both agree is lame. Um, this was the most New York Gotham ever, by the way. And it's because Matt Reeves lived in New York for a while. But before we talk about Gotham, can I just say, who the fuck did interior design for Wayne Manor? That was Castlevania. <laughs> That was like the, that thing took me out of the movie. Like in terms of we're talking That's like funny. set design, it yeah. was just wild. It's like, oh, we're gonna put a flying buttress everywhere. This is you wanted goth Batman, goth but we got hell. gothic yeah. Batman gothic, instead. Yeah, true for sure. Um, yeah, seeing like a literal translation of of, of Madison Square Garden, and then even Forty Second Street, it threw me off. Um, I don't really want that. I want the place to look like its own thing with echoes of reality. Um, but putting that aside, uh, so everyone packs into Gotham Square Garden and to escape a flooding that's going on because the Riddler blew up several locations. That I'm all cool with that. Um, Batman decides, all right, to get in here, I'm going to and save everybody. I'm going to blow up the roof. Fuck the debris. I'm just going to blow the roof up because I need to do that to beat the seven goons that are that are in this building shooting. They all had shotguns, apparently. So, yeah, Batman's one weakness is shotguns. Uh, I I didn't love that. I think that that was way too careless on on Batman's part Um, and a little bit anticlimactic. I think the premise of the climax was sound and good. Mm -hmm. Like the reveal of the goons and like, oh, yeah. this, his plan isn't done yet. Good. I think it went a little over the top yeah. in what happened. Um, I think this could have easily been done if it was City Hall and, you know, a little smaller close quarters thing. Instead, it went like full big budget movie, you know? Yeah. Um, I think I think flooding Gotham, it leaves at an interesting point, especially if we have a sequel. No Man's Land vibes. Yeah, we got so. like a no, yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, or even like Year Zero. The, the Snyder oh, stuff with, yeah, yeah, with, yeah. with Joker. Yep. Introduce Duke here. We haven't had Duke in a, in a movie. I had thought that that, uh, that kid, that black kid who runs away could be a Duke or even oh, a Robin. interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, um, but if we're going to talk about like the hope aspect of it, you want to you touch on that? Yes. Um, so there's a kid, I mentioned him earlier, who... He watches his, he knows his father died, right? And he's confronted with the body and all that stuff. He's he appears in several scenes, some of which I'm like, wait, how are you here, kid? But he's he's all over the place, and Bruce keeps seeing him. And that child represents Bruce. Mm-hmm. You know, the movie doesn't say that, but the te- the subtext is very clear. And so at the end of the movie, um, after Bruce has defeat uh, Batman has defeated all these goons. And he is saving people, which we don't see Batman saving one human, you know, like one to one, like just, hey, come, let me help you. You don't see that a lot. Um, it's more typically like big picture. I'm saving Gotham as a whole. Yeah, um, but the zip lines away and lets the cops do it. Yeah, exactly. Right. He gets on the ground level with these people. And at first uh, they're afraid of him. But it's the child who reaches out and takes Batman's hand and Batman saves him. And I lost it. Because that's Bruce. Did you cry? Yeah, I did. Okay. Right. Um, Batman's mission statement has always been to make it so that what happened to him never happens to any other child. And he failed. 
the beginning of the movie, it's the movie starts with Batman failing. Yep. And here he was able to redeem that and save himself by helping this child. And to me, the sim- the symbolism of that and what that means for Bruce and Batman um, was brilliant. I loved it. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I think it's there that he realizes that he can be a symbol of, for more than just fear. Because he's told by the Riddler, hey, I, I'm doing this because of you. You inspired me. And I think he realizes the way I'm doing this is causing the crazy to some degree. If I'm a symbol of hope, what will that generate? Yeah. What will that lead to? And I love that question. And we, we've and never what that had that. Mean. Like we get it never. at the very tail end of Dark Knight Rises, you yep. know, which you got three movies to finally get there. This one doesn't want, like you said. Exactly. Um, but like, in my opinion, like that's the whole idea of the bat signal. It yep. is not in this movie. The, the the symbolism of the bat signal is almost a little little heavy because it is shown a lot in this movie. <laughs> a lot of things are shown and done a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it starts like a symbol of fear. This 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 is what this sets everyone a off warning. to be afraid. Yeah, and then Batman realizes, and like the movie ends in the daylight too. Yeah, it's it's a signal of light, a symbol of hope. Um, which honestly, I think is really what Batman is. And I think people misunderstand that or focus too much on the grittier vengeance side of things. And it's nice sure. to see that happen, especially with uh, this kind of Batman realizing that. Um, yeah, yeah. To come to start where he started and end there. Yeah. Wow. I see why they needed three hours. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they could, if the director's cut maybe has a couple more Alfred scenes because that seemed to, uh, to be lacking in this movie. But yeah. Um, He's good with the cipher. He's probably playing Wordle right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, we should talk about the you know, the the what 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 would normally be if this were a Marvel movie, the yeah. after credits tease. Uh Riddler's in prison, um, and he's speaking to a cellmate, or not a cellmate, but another inmate who's basically telling him, Hey man, you did a great job. Like you you did exactly what you set out to do. And I'm so impressed by you. And he's like, all you need is a friend. Sometimes that's all you need. And I can be that. And um, there's a clown reference. And you guys, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. It's the Joker. And it's Barry Kogan. Keegan, I think I Keegan? Uh, man, I, Irish love, uh, love a fun spelling. Yeah. For, who played Druig, by the way. Druig in uh, Eternals is playing the Joker in this world. How do you feel about that? <sighs> I could not not hear the Irish accent. (laughs) Um, It's I'm fine with it. It's cool that he exists in the world, which it was, you know, alluded to with the Joker gang early on. Um, You know, maybe he is he is the year one villain that we never saw that happened before all this. We have an answer to that, by the way. Yeah. Do we? Yeah. Matt Reeves said that he's not saying that the Joker will be the next villain or that he ever will. The point of this scene was to say that there have been there have been villains sure. other yeah. than the Riddler and that at some point Batman fought the Joker and won. But it's not necessarily what we think about when we think about the Joker. Um, in fact, a deleted scene features Batman going to Arkham to talk to the Joker about the Riddler to ask oh, him, like, what can you tell me about the psychology of a person who would do these things? Um, what do you think is laugh? How'd you feel about that? He needs a little work. He's got time. You think, uh, 
I mean, with the money it's making, we're getting a sequel. Like, I think that's evident. There's no doubt. It'll be yeah. it'll be out within five years. It's confirmed. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, sure. Barry Keegan is a fucking creepy little fuck. Um, so I'm interested <laughs> to see what he can do. Yeah. As as Joker. I think we're getting a little too um we're diluting the product a bit with Joker. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have maybe maybe a better tease would have been like, oh, there's a new DA. Oh, it's Harvey Dent or, you know, something else. Uh, Dr. Kurt Langstrom. I don't know. Oh, dude. I want to see Man Batten movie so bad. It's just it's just a Yo, thing. My girlfriend asked me, who do you want to see next? I said, Mad Hatter, Man Bat. Or another you know, Scarecrow. I'm always down for Scarecrow. I think Scarecrow... Oh man, dude, we could we could sit here and talk for hours. I think Scarecrow's literally perfect because Batman now wants to be a symbol of hope. Well, here's fear personified. Yep. How are you Agreed. saving Gotham from this? Yep. Perfect. If, we're, if we were doing a Batman Rogues Gallery, like Scarecrow is easily A tier, maybe S tier in my opinion. But yeah, yeah. Um, um, no, I mean at the end of the day, I really like this movie. I, I don't think mm-hmm. it's perfect. I think it's hard to make a perfect Batman movie because Batman has so many things, so many, so many different people. It's hard to make a perfect um, anything, to be fair, right? Sure, sure. Especially a souffle. Those things are really hard to make. <laughs> just deflate when you make them. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I really liked it. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a masterpiece that's not without its flaws. Uh, I think it's it's it easily stands within the upper echelon of Batman things. Sure. Um and especially when you're talking about live action, I think everybody involved did a great job. But Robert Pattinson side should this should silence all the haters. Uh, there's no way you can deny his performance, um, the, what he brought from inside to this character. I thought was special, and it's not often that you see a, a character or an actor really fall into a character this way. Um, go ahead. I hate Robert Pattinson haters. They're like, oh, it's just a Twilight guy. Like. It's corny. Hard times. Watch The Lighthouse. Lighthouses. Also, it's got real next-level Defoe in that one, so I do recommend The Lighthouse. Um, it was also a decade ago. Over a decade ago. Yeah, like, exactly. Let, let the dude grow, you know? Yeah, he, yeah. come on. And also, like, whatever. Anyway, um, I think that this is a movie that as I go back to it, I will enjoy more, and I loved it a lot the first time around. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what my second viewing take is going to be on this. I don't know if I'll go to theaters again for it, but um, especially not an AMC. Um, <laughs> but if it, once it comes on the HBO Max, I'm definitely going to check it out again to see what it's like. Also, I felt like the sound in my theater was a little off. I feel like mm-hmm. my home system might even be better for sound, so I'm kind of interested in that. Did you see it in IMAX? I did not. No, I just saw it on Regal. Oh, all yeah. right, well, that might be a part of I it. I mean, I saw Dark Knight in IMAX, like true IMAX, way back when. Oh, the fucking shit man it's it's beautiful i Nothing think i i lost some hearing sense from that but great <laughs> especially that movie yeah Oof. um yeah i mean do you want to give it a rating what's our scale what are we doing here one to ten one to ten i would say a good 8.5 Ooh, okay i'm i'm an i'm a 9.5 okay yeah it, it's gotta be i i don't i don't, I don't rarely ever get anything in the nines Okay. Um, in terms of like a superhero movie, I can't even think of one I would put in the nine. Wow. Not even like Logan. I say eight, eight point five for Logan too. Wow. All right. Okay. Snobby I give like McSnob. a CGC grading. Like there's there's no tens. 
9.8, best you're going to get. You would be a harsh grading grader if you were a teacher. Um, let's let's get out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening. This was not as long as the movie, not even half as long. So give us a like for that, okay? You're welcome. Thank you very much. Yeah, you are welcome. Uh, we have so many more thoughts about the Batman. I'm sure we'll return to it at some point or another, but this is our definitive take on the film. Share your thoughts with us however you want to. Write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. Leave us a comment, youtube.com slash thecomicspals. Subscribe while you're there. Like the video, share it with your friends. Twitch.tv slash thecomicspals. Leave us a follow, rate, uh, a follow, a subscribe if you feel so inclined. Watch us live Saturdays at 10 for the main show. Wednesdays at 6 for Pals Pulls. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, take care, guys. See you next time for Morbius. <laughs> no. 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 Wrong bat, wrong bat. All right, see you guys.